the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. But there were a small group of Jews who refused to obey the demands. And they revolted. And they fought back. And what is known as the Maccabean Revolt. And their numbers were small. And they didn't have any weapons. But they took a stand for God. They took a stand for God. And they were able to defeat Antiochus Epiphanes. Don't you love to cheer for an underdog? It's exciting to watch someone win who wasn't predicted to win. Maybe they're smaller or disadvantaged by not having the best training or equipment, but they persevere. In today's message, Pastor Dan describes a small group of Jewish people that fought back and took a stand for God. They were victorious only because of God, not because of training or weapons. It is the story behind Hanukkah. You can be brave like these people too. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 11 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. So he shall return and show regard for those who forsake the holy covenant. Verse 31, and forces shall be mustered by him and they shall defile the sanctuary fortress. Then they shall take away the daily sacrifices and place there the abomination of desolation. Antiochus Epiphanes, he goes down to invade Egypt again, but he's turned back, it says, by ships from Cyprus. That's the Romans. The Romans come back in again, and they're able to rebuff Antiochus Epiphanes and the Syrian army, and they have to turn back. And this time, on his return home, and he's in a rage, and he attacks the city of Jerusalem. And when he attacks the city of Jerusalem, he slaughters 80,000 Jews in the city, and he enslaves another 80,000 Jews. And he forced the Jews to stop all their sacrifices in the temple. We've talked about this before and what he did. He stops their sacrifices in their temple in Jerusalem. He erects an idol to Zeus in the Holy of Holies. And he demands that the Jews begin to worship and sacrifice to Zeus. And then he he slaughtered a pig on the altar. And he required the Jews to worship Zeus. This statue is, is the abomination of desolation. He then burned copies of the scriptures. All the copies he could find. Anyone found with a, with a scroll of scripture would be put to death. He outlawed the act of circumcision. 
which, as you know, was the sign of the covenant between the Jewish people and their God, Yahweh. Uh, Anyone who practiced circumcision was put to death. A baby found circumcised would be put to death. He's just turning all of his uh, all of his anger and wickedness on the Jewish people. Look at the end of verse 30. He shall return and show regard for those who forsake the Holy Covenant. So there's Jews. When Antiochus, Antiochus Epiphanes turns against the Jews like this, there are Jews who are willing to just forsake the covenant. Hey, all right, you don't want us to practice these things? We won't practice these things. And then it says, look at verse 32. Those who do wickedly against the covenant, he shall corrupt with flattery. Look what it says. But the people who know their God shall be strong and carry out great exploits. And those of the people who understand shall instruct many, yet for many days they shall fall by sword and flame, by captivity and plundering. Now when they fall, they shall be aided with a little help, but many shall join with them by intrigue, and some of those of understanding shall fall to refine them, purify them, and make them white until the time of the end, because it is still for the appointed time. We're told in verse 30 and then again in verse 32 that there are some among the Jewish people, sadly, who just go along with Antiochus Epiphany's demands. They're willing to submit to it. They're willing to obey it. And they they stop all of their Jewish practices. They stop the sacrifices. They stop keeping the law. They, They stop the dietary requirements. They stop circumcision. They turn in their copies of the scripture for them to burn. They're handing it all over there. The majority of them just gave in among the Jews, sadly, and went along with it. But there were a small group of Jews who refused to obey the demands. And they revolted. And they fought back. And what is known as the Maccabean Revolt. And their numbers were small. And they didn't have any weapons, but they took a stand for God. They took a stand for God. And they were able to defeat Antiochus Epiphanes. And they were able to cleanse the temple in Jerusalem and remove the idol to Zeus and cleanse the altar that pigs were sacrificed on and rededicate it back to the worship of of Yahweh. This is the, the celebration of Hanukkah that the Jews still celebrate to this day. The Feast of Dedication that's talked about in John's Gospel that Jesus celebrated. That's what it's referring to, is the dedication of the temple during the time of the Maccabeans. When this small group of people chose to take a stand for God and not give in to what the government was telling them they have to do and have to give up. And they're referred to here in verse 32. Look what it says about them. This little group of people that stood up against Antiochus. Those who know their God shall be strong. Those who know their God. They shall be strong. And look what it says. And they will carry out 
great exploits. That's exactly what happened. This little band of Jews that refused to give in, refused to bend the knee to what Antiochus was demanding of them, they took a stand. Uh, Many of them had to flee out into the desert. And they started kind of like this guerrilla warfare thing. And they fought back. They knew their God. And they were strong. And they carried out great exploit. It says, I, I love that. Those who know their God will be strong. Those who know their God will be strong in the face of persecution. They'll stand against it. They won't cave in to it. They won't roll over to the demands and stop worshiping God. It was God who commanded them to do all these things. Sacrifices, the worship, the temple. All of it. And again, the majority of the people willingly handed it all over and went along with it. But those who know God, those who knew God, they showed themselves strong in the face of the persecution and they did great exploits. God enabled them to do great things, unbelievable things, unimaginable things. And I I don't know about you, but I find this to be very comforting. You know, the way that things have gone in our our country, in our world over the last year, and who knows where they're going. Who knows what may come for us. How things may change. You know, and though none go with me, yet I will follow, right? I have decided to follow Jesus and no turning back. And just to take a stand for Christ and not give in to pressure, not give in to demands. When, when the Lord is the one who has told us to do these things and now there's this pressure and maybe many people are, are caving into it and giving into it. I find this verse to be a great encouragement. People who know their God shall be strong and, and God will enable them to carry out great exploits. In his name. God's done it before. He can do it again. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He doesn't change. There's no shadow of turning with him. So now that brings us up to verse 35. And there's a, there's a clear break here in the prophecy between verses 35 and 36. Verses 1 to 35, that's all past. It's all been fulfilled. Verse 36 to verse 45, it's all future. It's yet to be fulfilled. It hasn't been fulfilled yet. The prophecy now jumps from describing Antiochus Epiphanes to the end of the age, describing the Antichrist, of whom Antiochus is a type. And so in this passage, you have Antiochus and the Antichrist described side by side in this prophecy, because they're similar. The Antichrist will be the final human world leader. All of the evil rulers that we've read about here in chapter 11, including Antiochus, they all point to this final, ultimate world leader. And they all pale in comparison to this leader who will come and the wickedness of 
this leader who will come that is known as the, the Antichrist. And this passage tells us several details about the Antichrist. Verse 36, Then the king shall do according to his own will. He shall exalt and magnify himself above every god. He shall speak blasphemies against the God of gods and shall prosper till the wrath has been accomplished. For what has been determined shall be done. You're listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City, Maryland. We'll return to the second half of today's message in a moment. But first, here's a word from Pastor Dan. It's my privilege to share the Word of God with you through our radio ministry, Ring of Truth. Thank you for tuning in each day. Hey, I would love to hear from you. Will you take a moment to email me to tell me how these daily studies have ministered to you? I want to hear your story. You can email me through our website at calvaryec.com. That's calvaryec.com. Thanks, Pastor Dan. Now let's join him again for the conclusion of today's edition of Ring of Truth. So we're told here, first of all, that the Antichrist will do, when he's, when he's on the scene and he's in power, he's going to do what he desires to do. He's going to do according to his own will. Thessalonians, he's called the lawless one. He doesn't follow the law of God. He's not doing what God wills. He's doing what he wills. And he will deify himself. It says he shall exalt and magnify himself above every God. So he's going to deify himself, right? It talks about this again in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, where the Antichrist will go into the temple and demand to be worshipped as God and declare himself to be God. So he's going to magnify himself above every God and he will defy the true God. He shall speak blasphemies against the God of gods. This is talked about in the book of Revelation. The Antichrist speaking blasphemies against the God of gods. Again, we've talked about this before in our Daniel study, and not to sound like some old fogey, uh, but if you're in your 30s or 40s or older, you remember that every elected official at least gave the appearance of being respectful of God, right? You know, they, they went to church, even when they sinned greatly. The next Sunday, remember Bill Clinton going to church with his Bible under his arm. Every political leader up until recently at least gave the appearance of having some kind of reverence for God. And things have changed very rapidly in, in the world, haven't they? Where now you have leaders that give no, no reverence to God. And what we're told about the Antichrist is he's going to come on the scene and he's going to blaspheme the God of gods. So this is where things are going to go in the world. Verse 37, he shall regard neither the God of his fathers nor the desire of women nor regard any God. For he shall exalt himself above them all. You know, the Antichrist will be, in a sense, an atheist. He'll have no regard for any God. Some believe, because of verse 37, that he'll be of Jewish ancestry, because he will have no regard for the God of his fathers. 
Uh, So that might mean that he's Jewish, but just has no regard for the God of the Jews. Nor the desire of women. Now, there's kind of two interpretations for this. Uh, The desire of Jewish women was to give birth to the Messiah. So it could be that he has no desire, you know, he he has no respect for Jesus Christ either. The desire of women. Or it could mean that he's a homosexual. That's how some people take that. Uh, So again, it's possible the Antichrist will be Jewish. He'll have no regard for the God of his fathers or for the Messiah, Jesus Christ. Uh, He's going to exalt himself above all gods. Verse 38. But in their place, he shall honor a God of fortress. God of security. That's going to be his God. Strength. And a God which his fathers did not know, he shall honor with gold and silver with precious stones and pleasant things, the Antichrist will devote himself to security, safety, peace, military strength. He'll he'll worship the God of security. That's what he'll promise. Verse 39, Thus he shall act against the strongest fortresses with a foreign god, which he shall acknowledge and advance its glory, and he shall cause them to rule over many and divide the land for gain. He's going to attack the strongest nations. He's going to be aggressive militarily. He's going to be expanding his, you know, his military. Uh, he'll honor those who, who submit to him. Verse 40. At the time of the end, the king of the south. Now that's Egypt. So we're talking about the time of the end. So that gives us a time stamp. So we're talking about the last days. The king of the south shall attack him, and the king of the north shall come against him like a whirlwind, with chariots, horsemen, with many ships, and he shall enter the countries, overwhelm them, and pass through. These other countries will come against the Antichrist, try to attack him, but they're going to fail. He's going to overwhelm them. Verse 41, he shall also enter the glorious land, and many countries shall be overthrown, But these shall escape from his hand, Edom, Moab, and the prominent people of Ammon. So he's going to invade the land of Israel. He's going to conquer it. But we're told that Edom, Moab, and Ammon will escape. That's all modern-day Jordan. The country of Jordan will escape. We know from elsewhere in the Bible that the Jewish people, during the time of the tribulation, the Jewish people that are living in Israel will flee, most likely, to the land of Jordan. Matthew 24, Jesus says, when you see the abomination of desolation, those of you living in Judea flee to the mountains. And many believe that they will flee to the mountains of Jordan for refuge. So it's interesting here that the Antichrist will not conquer the country of Jordan during this time. He shall stretch out his hand against the countries and the land of Egypt shall not escape. He shall have power over the treasures of gold and silver and over all the precious things of Egypt. Also the Libyans and Ethiopians shall follow at his heels. The Antichrist will acquire great wealth from the countries he conquers. The Libyans and Ethiopians will follow him. But news from the east and the north shall trouble him. Therefore, he shall go out with great fury to destroy and annihilate 
many. So he's, the Antichrist will perceive some kind of military threat. We're not told what, but it's some kind of military threat from the east and from the north. This will cause him to attack other nations with great fury to destroy and annihilate many. And look at verse 45. I find this very interesting. And he shall plant the tents of his palace between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. That's telling us that the Antichrist, he will set up his headquarters between the seas and the glorious holy mountain. That would be the Mediterranean Sea, possibly the Dead Sea or the Sea of Galilee. The holy mountain is Jerusalem. So the Antichrist will set up his headquarters in the land of Israel. Now, Israel is known, or at least it was known in ancient times, as the land between. The land between, because it sits between the continents of Europe, Asia, and Africa. And it's the land bridge between those three continents. So any kind of travel or commerce between those three continents, it passed through the land of Israel. God didn't put his people like off in a corner somewhere, you know, in some obscure place. He put them at the most important intersection in the world where all three continents come together because he wants his people to be a witness in the world. And so he puts them at the most strategic location in all of the world at the intersection of the three continents And what we see here is in the last days, that intersection is going to be strategically important again. And the Antichrist will set up his headquarters right there in the land of Israel. It's still still important. You know, uh, in Revelation, the last battle is the battle of Armageddon, right? You've heard of that. You know that from studying the book of Revelation. Armageddon, it means the hill of Megiddo. Uh, Megiddo is in the land of Israel. Megiddo is, in the ancient world, it was the most strategic place in all of the world. One of the kings of Egypt said, conquering Megiddo is like conquering 10,000 cities because of its strategic importance. And in the ancient world, whoever controlled Megiddo controlled the world. Because you controlled all trade, all travel, all commerce that passed through the land of Israel if you controlled Megiddo. So whoever controlled Megiddo controlled the world. And so isn't it interesting that the last battle for control of the world is going to take place at Armageddon, at the hill of Megiddo. And here with the Antichrist, he can, he's going to rule the world. He could set up his headquarters anywhere and he's going to set it up in Israel. Once again, it's going to be the most important intersection in the world. And then at the very end of verse 45, it says, Yet he shall come to his end, the Antichrist. And no one will help him. Jesus Christ will come again. And Jesus Christ will destroy the Antichrist with the brightness of his coming when he returns to the earth. And then Jesus Christ will set up his kingdom on the earth and the kingdom age will begin. 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Daniel. Regardless of the various leaders that Daniel finds himself under, it's obvious through Daniel's accounts that God is higher and greater than any earthly king. He alone holds the dominion and power that others so often strive to attain. Daniel never lost sight of this, and it was only confirmed time and time again as God came through in unlikely situations. If today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home that will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study, and we'd love to meet you. Visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions and service times. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Daniel next time, right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know his voice and it only takes J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.